Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Would you, uh, would you please help me welcome all of our locations right now? I wanna welcome you in to the experience today wherever you are attending Celebration. We're so glad that you're with us and we are continuing in our Above the Sun series today. But before we do that, I just wanna say a couple of things. So. Uh, at all of our locations, did everybody check out the, uh, the, the four weeks to a better life there? Um, that's our back to school series. I just wanted to give you a little context around that. So, you know, um, we have so many challenges in our relationships, whether it's parenting, whether it's marriage, uh, whether it's friends and coworkers, things like that. We, we, what I decided to do was, what our team decided to do, we were thinking about like doing a, a conference, you know, one of those kind of ultimate life conferences where you get experts and they come in and they're, they're really kind of experts in those things, those big areas in life where we just have a whole lot of, of, of challenges and we all need help in, you know, marriage and parenting, relationships, family dynamic, even singles, dating, all that kind of stuff, how we manage our money, and so what we decided to do, and instead of doing a conference, we decided to bring those experts in, but just have them each Sunday for four weeks in a row, and make it free, and open it up to the entire city. So it's yeah, it's going to be. So I know what some of you think. Well, like, what are you doing? You know, aren't you the preacher around here? What, what you know, were you going fishing? No, listen, I will be here. <laughs> I will be here, I'm gonna be fully engaged, but it was just something that, uh, you know, that, that we felt led to do this fall. And I really think that uh, you guys are gonna see some real breakthroughs and get some real wisdom uh, in everything that pertains to your relationships. And we're excited about Dr. Cloud kicking that off in a couple of weeks. It's gonna be really, really powerful. So that's one thing. And here's the other thing that I wanna say before we get into today's message. Um, I'm sure all of you are familiar with uh, what's been happening up in Virginia in Charlottesville the last couple of days. Now, I wanna be very clear. There's a lot of things that our church stands for. We stand for Jesus, we stand uh, for good, we stand for love, we stand for reaching people, we stand for diversity. But there's also some things that we stand against one thing that we absolutely take a stand against is racism in any way, shape, or form. And I mean, this is, and, 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 and here's what I want to say. When I, when I saw that, uh, by the way, if you really want to know how I feel, go to my Instagram account, okay? Because I posted in the heat of the moment. Man, I was all riled up. I didn't sleep last night. But, but okay, so watch. Okay, so there's prejudice. There's bigotry. Okay, so those are sins. Um, those can get in. Obviously, those, those, are, those are present in our world. But when you talk about things like bigotry, you know, bigotry and prejudice, that's when there's negative stereotypes, when you're judging someone because of the color of their skin or different things like that. And then you get into racism. Racism is when you actually devalue a person solely because of their race. But things like white supremacy, that's even like another level. 
Like, I, I didn't even know that was even going around in the day that we live in. White supremacy is when you think that you're, you're, a, you're inherently better or that the white race is inherently better just because of the color of their skin. Okay, this is like Hitler, man. This is, this is like, I mean, evil. This is like hell. Do you see what I'm saying? So I just want to say that kind of stuff, we are going to lift up our voices loud and clear, loud and clear. I mean, that's not, and, and, you, and you, you, you know, you guys know diversity is a big, big part of our church. I preach a message on at least one full message every year. I'll do another message after those four uh, weekends, but it's so, so important, church. Listen, I need you to use your voice. And this is a time when the church should, should shine, okay, because of Jesus, right? Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and only the love of Jesus can drive out the hate in the human heart. And it's because of Jesus. Come on. Jesus is what brings people together. Jesus is who heals the hurt. There's, there's only one supremacy, and that's the supremacy of Christ. And if we'll just worship Jesus... We'll see ourselves as all equal. We're all God's children. We all have equal value. And so I just wanted to, to, to say that, but I need your voice as well. And we just want to uh, keep that in prayer, man. We're, we're not going to let that stuff start getting into stuff, man. But um, so let, let's go ahead and, uh, and we're going to go in to today's message. How many of you were here last weekend? Were you here last weekend? Some of you, most of you. So... So watch, so here's the thing about this, mess, this series, okay? Uh, I've entitled it Above the Sun, and we're looking in the book of Ecclesiastes, where King Solomon is talking about life under the sun, and how basically, if we're only living for what this world has to offer, we're gonna have very empty lives. He uses uh, the word meaningless. He uses terms like, you know, chasing the wind. There's nothing to gain. And that's why it's so, so important that even though our life is under the sun in this world, come on, we have an above the sun perspective. We live above the sun, and that's how our lives under the sun have meaning. And uh, so we're going to continue. This is part two from last weekend. Last weekend, we talked about right-sizing expectations. And uh, this weekend, we're going to continue with that thought and get into another uh, some other things, and I've entitled this message, Flip the Script. You gotta flip the script. Look at, look at someone near you and say, flip the script. You've gotta flip the script, and I've gotta get some water. Y'all pray for my voice. We had a great Dream Team event on Saturday, and we've had morning prayer this week, and Y'all know how I like to holler. And uh, no, I really don't try to control myself today. Flip the script. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we pray, Lord, in these next 25, 30 minutes, help us to lean in. God, help us to flip the script, Lord, so that we can live above the sun, even though our life takes place under the sun. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen.
Just real quick, a little bit of review. Remember this from last week? Here's what we looked at. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Everybody say great gain. So here's the thing we saw in Ecclesiastes 1. He says there's nothing to gain under the sun. There's nothing to gain if you're just living your life for what this world has to offer. But the apostle Paul comes back. He says godliness with contentment. Everybody say contentment. That word contentment means accepting your place or season in life. Okay, so here's the thing. Even though we're believing for more or new or different or better or change, even though we're believing for those things, we can still accept where we are right now and be grateful because we know that he who is above the sun is working all things for good and is in control of our lives. You can clap right there. I'm gonna get you clapping. I'll get you clapping today. Look. Okay, so look, we brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. Look, but if we have food and clothing, food and clothing, we will be content with that. We talked about this like, like that's a hard scripture to kind of digest, but really what the Bible's saying right here is, look, if you have a shirt and a sandwich and Jesus, come on, you can be joyful and be content with where you are. Jesus is really what you need. And we talked about how in, 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 in our life, we always were looking for more, better, new, greater. We always want amazing. We want to be great. You know, we're on social media. It's like 24-7. I need amazing. I want an amazing experiences 24-7 every single day. I, I, I want to be great. But the Bible says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is goodness, not greatness, and sometimes we just kind of need to right-size our expectations. And while we believe God for more new, different, and better, you know what? We learn to say, Lord, you are good. And I'm in this place in my right, life right now. It might be a, it, 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 it's a season. It might be a place of pain. It might be a place of discouragement or even disappointment. But God, you haven't brought me here to leave me here. Come on. And Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to right-size my expectations for the how, what, why, when, where to get out of here, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to know that you got my back and you were good. Yeah. So look, let's, di let's dive into this. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes is a, it's a strange book if you don't understand the context. Uh, there, there's a lot of things in Ecclesiastes you don't want to obey, Okay? We'll look at some of those. Look, what, uh, look what, what Solomon says. He says, I said to myself, come now. I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. I like he says, I said to myself. Come on, how many of you talk to yourself? You're just like, you're in company with really smart people. It's King Solomon. It's fine to talk to yourself. It's just when you start answering yourself. That's where we might have an issue. So, I said to myself, come now, I'll test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But look, that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. My mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens. See, he's talking about under, it's this world. What does this world have to offer? What, what can this kind of satisfaction, can this world bring me? 
He says, I want to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. He said, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water the groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem, the delights of a man's heart. Don't be telling me you're just trying to be obedient to Ecclesiastes 2.8. <laughs> Don't do that. It's not Ecclesiastes 2.8. Go to Ephesians 2.8. We're saved by grace through faith. Amen? Okay. Now, look, I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. Look, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Don't do that. I refuse my heart no pleasure. He would have killed himself in today's culture. Well, he just, he would have never come back from this. Uh, I, my heart took delight in all my labor and this was the reward for all my toil. Look at this. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything, everything, was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Here's what Solomon said. I tasted everything that the world had to offer and it gave me nothing in return. See, the Bible says that God's placed eternity in our hearts. You have a universe-sized hole on the inside of you. And even if you consume everything this world has to offer, you will wake up the next morning just as hungry because it cannot satisfy it cannot fulfill. You will gain nothing. It will, turn, it will return to you nothing of meaning. Aren't you glad that God, through Jesus, gives us meaning and purpose and a life where we can have return and we can have gain while we're living this brief life under the sun? That's what Jesus does. So look, look at, uh, so last week we talked about right size expectations. You got to right size your expectations for what you're wanting in this world, okay? Not talking about not believing for things more, new, better, and all that, but we just, we just have to put it in the right perspective, and that's what we're doing this series. Now, let, let's go on. Here's what I want to talk about today. Look at this scripture. This is a tough one. Look at this. Always... Be joyful. Come on. Really? How, is anybody, do, do you look at these scriptures sometimes and be like, really? Really, God, always be joyful? That scripture's for like Jesus. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, really, always be joyful? But look what he says. Man, this is, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for what this is. 
God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. So look, if God says that we can always be joyful, then there must be a way to have joy that is, it's not dependent on what's going on with our lives under the sun. God is not a man that he should lie. And that's a pretty extreme statement. Always be joyful. So if God's saying that we can always be joyful, even with all the pain and trauma and disappointment and challenges and loss and all the stuff that we experience under the sun, if he says we can always be joyful, then there is a way that we can have joy, but it cannot be dependent on our circumstances or what's happening under the sun. And then he kind of connects two things here, and I'm gonna talk about these because this is the next thing after right-sizing our expectations. He says, look, never stop praying. Where does that put you? That takes your eyes from under the sun, where it's on your circumstance, what's going on under the sun. Come on, never stop praying. Now I'm gonna look above the sun. I'm gonna focus above the sun. I'm gonna get the real narrative of what's going on. And then he says this, be thankful in all circumstances. It doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. It says you can be thankful where? In all circumstances. And this leads us to the next thing. First thing, you've got to right-size expectation. The second thing, you've got to upsize appreciation. You've got to upsize your appreciation for who God is and for what he's already done in your life. Not for what you want him to do, not even for what you're believing him for. I'm talking about thanking God because of who he is, what he's already done. You know what, if God never did another thing for us, he's done enough by sending Jesus to die on the cross so our sins would be forgiven and we could have eternal life. If that was all he did, that's enough. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that when I wasn't even looking for God, God found me. I'm thankful that when I was lost and I was hurting and I, 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 I had no idea what a real relationship with Jesus was like, that, that God found me. I thank God that he's given me the Holy Spirit and he's filled, I had no idea that I could experience God's like presence in a, in a tangible way. I had no idea that, that you could feel God and, you, and, 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 and that God was so personal and that God was so real. If God never did another thing for me, I'm so grateful and thankful and I give him appreciation for who he is. He is Lord, he loves us, he is good. And watch. And man, I thank him for everything he's done in my life. Oh my gosh, how many of you can look back and, and you can see things that happened in your life and you're like, thank God. Thank God he protected me from that. How did God bring me through that? Oh, come on, you can clap better now. What kind? Man, God is so... He's so faithful. Thank you, God, for all the times when I wasn't faithful, that you were still 
faithful. Do, do anybody, I mean, I, I, I was talking the other services. Do, 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 who, who in here still goes to McDonald's? We got some McDonald's. Okay, 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 good. That, that, I think that 930 service is a little bit high maintenance. I don't know what's their problem. Yeah, McDonald's. So does McDonald's still have the supersize? No. Y'all ain't be going to McDonald's. What do y'all do? Y'all don't even, they don't have the supersize? Well, y'all are missing out. I'll tell you that right now. Because listen, back in the day when I went to, when I went to McDonald's, isn't it amazing, man, when you're young, you can just eat anything. When I was young, oh my, I would just eat total large pizzas. I would go to McDonald's. Man, I'd get Big Mac's fry, big old 82-ounce Coke. I suck that down. I mean, I've got energy. I'm not gaining weight. I mean, I'm telling you, if I did that, like, I would be out for two days. I mean, it, just the digestion process. <laughs> Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for old age. Wisdom. Try it. But, 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 but back in the day when I went to McDonald's, they came out with this thing called uh, supersize. Supersize it. And so you would order your regular meal, you know, like cheeseburger, fries, Coke, whatever. And they'd say, you want to supersize it? Every time I'd be like, yes, yeah, supersize. I'm going supersize. I wasn't even sure what they were talking about. I did like supersize. We supersize. Yes, yeah, supersize. This was like a new deal. <laughs> When I was young, man, supersized. And so instead, what they give you is, instead of giving you like the little fry, it's like a giant fry. Instead of you get, getting the, the cheeseburger, it's like a double cheeseburger, two cheeseburgers, whatever. Instead of you getting the whatever I was drinking, the 82-ounce Coke, come on, they gave you a 105-ounce Coke. It was like a <laughs> cup. That was the big thing, supersize, supersize it. If there's anything that we need to supersize in our life, it is appreciation for who God is and for all he's done. Now watch this. This is, this is, this is a key. I'm going to give you a couple of statements here, okay? I'm going to speak them, and then they're going to come on the, the screen because this is, man, this is a key. When my appreciation for who God is and what he's done exceeds my expectation for what I want, then the transformation happens to move me forward. When my appreciation for who God is and what he's done exceeds my expectation for what I want, then the transformation happens to move me forward. Everything from the Our Father, everything the scripture we just read in Thessalonians, every time you see it, you're gonna see this language. Prayer with thanksgiving. Prayer with thanksgiving. Jesus, how should we pray? When you pray, pray like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, who is above the sun. Let me get my perspective right. Let me remember where I'm living. I'm living above the sun, even though my life is going on under. My Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. God, you are a holy God. You are a good God. You are a merciful God. Lord, thank you so much for being a good heavenly Father. Hallowed be thy name. Then it's 
thy kingdom come, thy will. And then it starts to go into prayer. Watch. Thanksgiving is the breeding ground for faith. Do you see? Now, now watch. There's a type of expectation that you could say goes with faith. Like, like you came to church, hopefully you were expectant for God to move. We come to church, we're expectant to hear the word of God. But a lot of times I think we confuse expectation with confidence. Do you see? Expectation, it, it implies like, okay, here's my expectation. We talked about that last weekend. You know, people get married, okay? And so this is my expectation, you know? Uh, you know, you're to, you're to do this and be like this. And then when we have kids, you need to be like this and you're gonna make this much money and you're this and here's all my expectations. And then we get further down the road and all of a sudden it's like, well, I said I would because you said you could and now that you can't. Uh... That's an expectation. Instead of this, I have confidence that God is in my marriage and that God is working in my marriage, and whatever issues are unhealthy, I have confidence that God is gonna pull us through. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? There's fun. Expectate, there's plenty of reasonable expectations, and, and faith, yes, we want more, we want new, we want better. We're gonna be talking about that in the back to, to school, er, er, uh, 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 in, in the back to school series. You know, you, you're single, okay, you wanna get married. That's a very reasonable expectation. But here's my question. Can you be content while you're not married? Or have you elevated your expectation above your appreciation? Have you elevated your expectation for what you want? I want a spouse now, and I want it by this time. You know, I want him to look like this. I want him to do that. I want him to do this. It has to be by this age. Have you put your expectation above your appreciation? Instead of saying, God, I'm so grateful and thankful. Lord, Lord, I know you've called me to marriage. I know that you have a spouse for me. Lord, you know the desires of my heart. And God, I just wanna say that I love you and I'm content and I have confidence, Lord, that you're gonna bring me my spouse at the right time. I'm about to get on christianfarmersonly.com tonight. <laughs> and I'm confident that you will have him for me by tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> Let me say it this way. Here's another way to say it. Look, when my appreciation for what's above the sun exceeds my expectation for what I want under the sun, then the transformation happens to move me forward. Put that up there. See, when I'm, when I'm showing you these statements, y'all are supposed to be going like, ooh, ah, Ooh, ah, okay, look. I try to make these memorable. I told y'all know I got pre preacher's disease. You know, it's appreciation, expectation, transformation. Then you get a revelation. We'll keep going. Then you get, oh, stop. 
Look, when my expectation for, when my appreciation for what's above the sun exceeds my expectation for what I want under the sun, here's the interesting thing. Then the transformation starts happening to get you what you want under the sun. But it's in the right attitude, in the right faith, in the right context where God can do something, the work he needs to do in you before he does that thing for you. Psalm 37, four, that's why it says this, look. Psalm 37, four, where is it? Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. It doesn't say just want stuff really badly. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, it doesn't even say have great faith and he'll give you the desires of your heart. It just, I mean, there's, there's, you know, it doesn't even say just endure and just keep believing and just whatever, you know, it, it doesn't, what does it say? Delight yourself in the Lord. What is delight? Delight is a relationship where I'm giving God thanks and I'm giving him appreciation for who he is, what he's already done, who he is in my life right now. Lord, I thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. Your presence is above the sun. I might have a whole lot of hell breaking loose. Forgive me for the word hell. That's why your kids should be in children's church. I might have a whole lot of hell breaking loose under the sun, but Lord, you tell me that I can always be joyful, and that's the key right there. So I'm gonna delight myself in your presence. I'm gonna give you appreciation for who you are, and then guess what happens? Then the rest of this verse, now the transformation starts where he can align your heart with his heart and give you the very thing that you desire. But here's what I've learned about God. It's never exactly what you desire because God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Come on, he's above the sun, above all you can. Oh man, that's good preaching. Come on, give God some appreciation. Yes. Mm. Okay. I'm gonna give you four things real quick, four things, four practical things of how we can upsize appreciation. Just kind of four practicals, okay? First thing is this, make your disappointment a divine appointment. Remember, ooh, ooh, that's what, ooh wow, man. so deep, so theological. <laughs> make your disappointment a divine appointment. Put a uh, Thessalonians back up there. Watch. Always be joyful, right? What happened? Thank you, thank you. Okay, look, look, always, watch, always be joyful. Okay, but how? Where's the practical here? Okay, look, never stop praying. How can you never stop praying? I'm gonna give you a real easy answer. Every time something disappointing or discouraging comes into your heart or comes into your mind, you know what? 
you turn that disappointment into a divine appointment of prayer. 10 seconds, say, God, I did not see that coming. And Lord, I'm scared or I'm confused or I'm, this is really disappointing. But God, I wanna give you appreciation and thanks for who you are. And I know that you're working all things. I know, God, I know you're gonna bring me through this. Come on, you see what I, it's, it, every single time. You prayer and thanksgiving. I've made this a practice in, in my life. I mean, I don't know, maybe you've got like a really perfect life or problem-free life, but, but I've got a lot of problems. That's what we talked about. That's what you can expect, two things. Expect problems, but you know what? Expect power. And that's why you turn that disappointment into a divine appointment. You're like, Lord, I got a problem under the sun. I'm calling on some power from above the sun right now. And I give you thanks. I feel like, I mean, every single day there's, there's, there's things, whether it's things we're believing for. Some things are, are, you know, things in the ministry we're wanting, you know, this campus or like, like the kids curriculum. We've been working so hard on that and, and, and or we're believing for this or we're believing for that. Sometimes I feel like celebration, it's like the stock market. I mean, 11 a.m., we could be sky high. You know what I'm saying? We got to prove for this and then this is happening and this component. We got all these new college kids. Like what? Well, you know, we're sky. By 3 p.m. we've crashed. And they blocked us out of here and the school board won't let us have that and you know, whatever. But come on, we got that Fort Lauderdale campus that's launching next month. And that was a battle. Listen, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence take it by force. How do you take it by force? Not from just Continuing to want more. No, you take it by force. I'm going to turn this disappointment into a divine appointment. I'm going to pray every five seconds. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give it to God. And I'm going to give him appreciation. Can you put your hands together for that? Okay, here we go. Second thing, flip the script. Everybody say flip the script. Oh my gosh, this is gonna help us. We're always wanting new or more or better, and that's okay in the right con context with the appreciation, with the thanksgiving, okay? But think about this. Okay, let's say you don't like your job, which probably a bunch of people in here maybe don't. So it's okay, you're believing for a new job, and man, you're starting to get like, man, I don't like this, and I, I, man, I, I, wanna, I want a, a different job or, or whatever it is. It, okay, have you ever thought about this? The reason that you're praying for a new job is because you have a job. Follow me. The fact that I'm saying, Lord, I want a new job, instead of, Lord, I want a job means that what? At least you have a job. Think back to the time where you weren't praying for a new job. You were just praying for a job. There's a lot of people that would just like a job. So here's what I'm asking you. Before you pray for the new or the better, you know, you don't like your, 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 the job that you have, you know, because it's, it's just not my sweet spot. It's just not, I have a dream. 
Essen. I need, need more mentors in my life. I need to move on. Watch. Before you start really praying for that new job or while you're praying for that, can you just always remember to thank God and give him some appreciation for the job that you have? Yeah? So, 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 so think about marriage. So now you're in marriage, right? So you're married, and now whatever it is, you know, you've been married a, a, a few years, you feel like the person is changing, or you just had kids, and now there's these challenges, and you're like, you know, you're praying like, man, God, this is, this is difficult, and he needs to change, or she needs to change. What it, it's, it's, okay, watch. The very fact that you're praying to grow in your marriage Shows that God has blessed you with a marriage. Can you go back? Can you remember? Like, can you remember when you were going to farmersonly.com? Can you remember that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think, I don't know if anyone got, I just saw that commercial. I thought it was like a funny, like a, is this a spoof? Is this like, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's taken off. I heard it one time, I can't get it out of my, you don't have to be lonely <laughs> at farmersonly.com. City folk. I'm sorry. I respect all country people. I actually like going in the country. It's like a fantasy country life. I, I, could, I could see myself on a porch. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting in trouble. No, like, you know, like farming, like the outdoors, you know, in nature, hunting. But can you go back to the time, remember when you were single and you were believing God? Remember guys, when that, that girl now, now the, 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 your wife that you think is nagging you or should be doing this or should be doing that. Can you remember back when you were just, you were saying you would do anything for her? And you just couldn't believe that she said yes. I couldn't believe when Carrie said yes. Do you remember that? So it's, it's almost like this. We believe God, we pray, he blesses us. And then we get to a point and we start complaining to God for answering our prayers in the first place. Instead of now we're at this point in our relationship, man, pray, praise God, let's celebrate. Now we have an opportunity to grow. We have, we, have an, we, we have an opportunity to grow. Let me give you this statement. Listen, if you can't appreciate the things God wants you to celebrate, it will eventually frustrate. <laughs> if you can't appreciate the things God wants you to celebrate, it's gonna eventually what? It's gonna frustrate. We've gotta flip the script and upsize our appreciation. And just remember, many times the place that we're, or the season that we're frustrated in is the answer 
to the very thing that we wanted or prayed years ago or months ago. And if we're not careful, what happens is we, we just live up and we just end up living in that place of frustration. Look at somebody and say, flip the script. So watch, okay, I'm gonna share something really personal with you guys, like I do every weekend, okay? I'm hoping that by sharing many of my faults, you can look at me and say, well, I'm doing better than I think. I mean, I'm not doing that, honey, you know? So listen, I don't wanna put pressure or expectations on anybody's marriage or anything like that, okay? But listen, I have a great marriage and I've really been blessed with an amazing godly woman. And uh, Carrie and I have been married 23 years. <laughs> I said 20 years in the 930 service. She had to correct me, but I'm like, man, how can you keep an accurate time of how long you've been married when you're in constant marital bliss? How can I? How can I do it? So listen, I'm gonna tell you something about Carrie. For the last 23 years, every day, unless I, you know, I, I get up earlier or something like that, but basically every day, Carrie gets up and she goes and makes my coffee and she brings me my coffee exactly how I like it. And she wakes me up. She gives me a kiss. She helps lean me up. <laughs> puts the pillows, tucks the pillows. Some of you are looking at me like you were so extra. You were like, you were so high maintenance. See, God gave me the right woman. <laughs> Like I was saying, Carrie, we found that Carrie found out she she was she said, you know, you're not selfish. I think I said it wrong last week. I'm not selfish. I'm not, but I am self-centered. I'll take I'm not selfish. I'll lower that expectation all day. Come on, man. I'll do a 50%. I'm working on the other though. But watch. Every day last 23 years, she brings me my coffee. She props my pillows up. You know, I kind of sit up in the bed and Gives me a kiss and I start sipping my coffee and I wake up, okay? So I noticed last month, my, a couple of times, like, she'd usually say, I'm going to get your co coffee. It, it, she wasn't coming right back. <laughs> she, she wasn't coming right back. And uh, I was like, man, what's, what's going on? So I, I asked her, I said, man, why, you usually bring my coffee a lot quicker. <laughs> and she said, well, I, I, she said, I, I, I'm sorry, I've been going to look at my garden. You know, she's gotten into gardening. Uh, you know, the last few months, she's really into the gardening. She's got to check her peppers. She's got to check her tomatoes. It can be a big deal. The other day, there were moths. Some kind of moths came in and ate something. Major deal, major deal. Lost lost our, see, I can relate to farming. We lost our pumpkin crop. It was only this big with two pumpkins, but we lost it due to the moths. And uh, I was like, look, are we giving the first fruits? Why, why is the devourer coming to our plants? But, <laughs> so she said, so she said, I've been going to my garden. <laughs> This is good. Will y'all still respect me in the morning? Like, <laughs> I said, look. 
you need to bring me my coffee before you go look at your garden. I'm a horrible person. I know. I wasn't that awake yet though. Remember that. And so, <laughs> so, you know, next week where she's bringing my coffee and then one morning she's, she's delayed and I'm sitting in my bed and I actually start thinking this. What is she doing out in that garden? <laughs> she, she needs to, what is she, she needs to bring me my coffee. I mean, I, I, I'm like, like, and I'm telling you, boy, the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks. And it's like, he didn't speak this, but this is like the attitude I felt the Holy Spirit had. Like, really? Can you hear yourself? Really? Your wife, out of an act of love, has been bringing you coffee for 23 years, and now she wants to check on her garden every now and then, and you're, you're gonna complain? Listen, if my wife never brings me another cup of coffee in bed, never again, Lord, thank you so much that for the last 23 years, My wife, with an act of love, she didn't have to do it. I should have been doing it for her. See, that's what some of you ladies, I saw some of you ladies looking at me. Hold on, hold on. I can have five minutes, right? Football seasons, we got a couple more weeks. I saw some of you ladies looking at me like, don't you, don't give him any ideas. I'm not bringing him coffee. It's not, it's not a husband and wife thing. It's an act of love thing even if she never brought me another cup of coffee again, but please, please continue. But you know what? Lord, thank you for the last 23 years. You have so blessed me with a wife that she would do something like that. And you know what? In this next season, if she wants to spend a few mornings in her garden, I can go get my own coffee. Are you following me? Listen, last two things, celebrate the small stuff. Just celebrate the small stuff. Think of the little things every day that you can give God appreciation for. And the last thing is this. Worship team, you can come on up. Last thing is this. Practice gratitude until it becomes your attitude. Practice gratitude until it becomes your attitude. This is the thing about showing God appreciation. It's like, the, you know when we say, hey, let's remain in an attitude of worship. How do we get into an attitude, an attitude of worship? By worshiping. What did you do this morning? Some of you, you came to church, you didn't feel like it, you didn't feel like clapping your hands, you didn't feel like worshiping God, but you know what you did? You came in here and you said, you know what, I'm gonna worship God, I'm gonna put my, and you watch, you begin to practice that, and then what happens? Then transformation happens. Then you get into the presence of God and all of a sudden you have an attitude of worship. That's what gratitude does. You, you, you practice it until it becomes your attitude. And when it becomes your attitude, then you're walking in Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, that you're having joy. Come on, that you're living above the sun, even though your life is under the sun. Just
church, I'm telling you, if we'll just right-size our expectations under the sun and we'll give God, upsize our appreciation above the sun, I'm telling you, you can have an amazing life. Come on, let's worship. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.